0: From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun.
1: If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul.
0: I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate.
1: You know, I just can't decide here. I'm brand loyal. (laughs) but i'm still thinking about the car that i want to get you know after just having this trip to munich i visited all three museums i went to porsche i went to bmw i went to to uh, mercedes and i'm coming back yeah. even more confused yeah. than i was when i went
0: you know that well and while and while you've been gone more people have been sending us ideas and one guy very well-meaning, actually, sent this week, hey, you had a Cayman, Paul. Why don't He tweeted to us, hey, you had a Cayman, Paul. Why don't you get a 911? And I tweeted back to him and said, I am doing everything I can to get Paul out of a Porsche for one generation of car ownership. You're not helping. I mean, I appreciated the comment, but it was really one of those things where it's was like, let's do something new. I love the <laughs> fact that you keep saying that about trying to get people out of brands they've experienced before into brands they haven't. But I do agree with you. That idea is coming home to roost now. I hope that you it will really branch is. out.
1: I, I'm trying to swallow. I will swallow be surprised if you German. don't
0: wind up still German, though. But anyway, keep going.
1: Yeah, I I just may. And it's one of those things where I'm I'm starting to sort through the list. I don't know that I'm going to make a big announcement necessarily. It might be, you know, we narrow it down and then I go drive some things. Just kind of like we recommended, yeah. and kind of yeah. like we're recommending mm-hmm. for Aaron in L.A. And also Colin true, in true, San true. Diego. Aaron is looking for something who... He also doesn't have brand loyalty. You know this? Yeah,
0: you're right. You're right. Very true. Very true. He doesn't.
1: I do. And we're trying to find something for him. I'm telling you, I'm going to have to take a a big swallow of my own medicine here shortly. I I see it coming. (laughs) But in the meantime, we'll work on Aaron and Colin.
0: Well, we wanted to talk about that tonight, but the thing is, there's been so many recommendations from you guys, yeah. and and again, you, I think your travel to Germany totally got you just obsessed again with Porsche. So we've kind of had yeah. to wrench you back. I think we will still talk about that, but we aren't going to get there tonight because I just don't think you've actually <laughs> narrowed the field much. Plus, I'm not sure i actually. The list keeps the list much. keeps piling up, which I is know. which is actually kind of great. So we'll it we'll is. do car debates for other people tonight. That's a novel idea.
1: <laughs> It'll be good. I, I mean, these are good. You know, I, I think it stretches us every time. And I don't want to keep coming back to the, mm-hmm. you know, we'll mm-hmm. call the usual suspects, even though those are the cars we recommend. And, and this Europe trip has just – it frustrates me and it opens my eyes, but it, it it's good and bad because I see cars yeah. that we don't get yeah. in the United States. And I want to sure, say, sure. you know, we need more um, – People writing in from overseas, you know, so we can recommend cars. On the other mm-hmm. hand, it's a bad thing because we might not have driven them. So it's a good well, and bad didn't you, back and forth, you d- know?
0: Didn't you say you saw a four-door S5?
1: Yeah, I saw a four-door S5. I saw a four-door Golf R32. I had
0: no clue. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, but. But four door S five. I literally didn't know that car existed. That 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 sounds that sounds like somebody with with a badge and some glue to me. But okay, all right, four door S five. It is.
1: <laughs> Welcome to our marketing team. That's what they do, isn't it?
0: <laughs>
1: badge and some glue. You know what we could do? We could take this car. I mean,
0: well, somebody was talking about it recently about the the BMW uh, Grand. I think it was the the Grand Four Coupe.
1: Oh yeah, They're yeah. You're talking
0: about the fact that it is the four-door version of the coupe version of a four-door car and I was like <laughs> that really is that insane, isn't it? That's, that's exactly brilliant. what that is. Anyway, oh, yeah. Oh man, that's funny. We <laughs> should speaking of new and random cars, we should talk about what just dropped in the last couple of days around the time we're recording this and that is dun 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 Camaro 6, the 6th generation of the Camaro. Just had the, the covers pulled off of it. Actually, some people are driving it already. I really want to drive it. I know it's obvious, but I really want to drive it versus the new Mustang GT, that that 8-liter. Uh, I mean, we've got, I mean, 8-liter, eight, eight 8-cylinder, eight 5-liter. 8-liter <laughs> uh, Mustang. The new 8-liter the new wow. Mustang. You'll never believe how long that hood is. There is there a anyway, press release no, that I
1: missed? Man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that everyone missed because I just made it up. But no, I want to drive the 5-liter versus this new 6.2-liter V8 uh, Camaro, but... You know, we've got that EcoBoost coming up, but here is this new Camaro. All the pictures have dropped. We obviously haven't seen it in person. We, of course, have not driven it. Barely anybody has. They're driving right. it kind of now, the, the long lead folks. But what's your gut reaction here? I think this is an. In- some of this, I got to be honest, some of it I love, some of it I'm sitting here going, really? It's an interesting animal here.
1: You know, two big things have struck me here looking at this thing, and, you know, you're listening to this, and we're reading the same things you are on all our favorite sure, car sites. You know, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're digesting yeah, the information. Yeah. We're going to the Chevy site, looking at the photos, looking at what the marketing team has put together with some string and a badge and glue. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a new car. <laughs> Maybe. It really is. I mean, they've dropped 200 pounds, so it's lighter. Yeah. The, the yeah. exterior is dramatically changed. I like it. I'm very attracted to the interior. The interior I, now says – I can't go, if you didn't I can't like go with before, dramatically. Well
0: – I can't um, go with dramatically. Here, here's you're the right, thing about But
1: I come it. from the car design world, and so for car designers True. to go this far, it's dramatic.
0: It is. OK. I, I take your point. I mean, I feel like – but and I, and I mean this actually – I don't mean this as, as a slight. I mean this actually as a compliment. I feel like the Camaro has just moved as much as the Mustang, meaning right. if you get a glimpse – you kinda of go, Oh yeah, I know exactly what that is. Isn't that the same as the old one? And then if you park it beside the old one, you go, No, no, that is very different. I mean, that right. was my gut reaction when the when the most recent Mustang dropped. Is it it's 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 the Porsche school of design, which is probably why you love it. But anyway, but but it's it's the <laughs> nice. let's let's refine let's refine the last version versus let's do a big revolutionary change. In the Mustang and the Camaro have done that.
1: You know that? Oh, Interiors. Well, but that's true
0: of the Mustang as well. I mean in, right. in both they, cases. They had to. In both cases, they stepped up that, that interior. But of course, the Camaro has always had interior questions. This really looks like somebody was just tasked with make this interior cool. And it's yet it still references the old one, but is so much better. Granted, there was kind of nowhere to go but up. I do have to say <laughs> that the, right. the Oh seriously. I do have to say that the surround around the nav screen area it looks a little cheap, but it looks oh. like a full uh, full LCD screen, which is really cool. I know this sounds stupid. To, when we talk about vents, sometimes I feel like we've just gotten completely obsessive and insane, but they've got these vents that actually all, all the control for the vent, hotter, colder, open, what direction, all of that is in the vent surround, which is kind of an interesting stack it all in one place deal. That's pretty cool.
1: It is. You know, that interior is attracting buyers that were put off by the simplicity and frankly just boring interior of the last car i think they would reconsider sure. you know as i've said before when you look at a motorcycle you look at the seat if it's comfortable if it looks comfortable to sit on you think okay i'm interested in the bike same kind of thing you you like the exterior it attracts you mm-hmm. but the interior is really where people are sold it's got to look great and they've done a great job here there's two areas that i want to get your thoughts on here that have struck me okay i i have not read anywhere so far Besides the car being lighter, which is great, I applaud Chevy mm-hmm. for doing this, that's always mm-hmm. the right step. If you're confused on what Agreed. should we do for oh, the yeah, next yeah, generation, yeah. that is always step number one, is go lighter, you know, as, trim fat. Yes. Always a as great thing. As heavy
0: as the cars have gotten, there's no question. I do agree with that. Yes, definitely.
1: Yeah, so he, he, two things strike me, In a, and again, my, my Europe travels have influenced this thinking here. The first is, this car is still big. What if Chevy mm-hmm. had redesigned it mm-hmm. and it was 92% the size of this car? Just slightly. You. And you look at it, it's still funny. proportionally it's, great. It's f- what yeah. if it were yeah, yeah. smaller? <clears throat> yeah.
0: Really? It's I, actually funny that you say that, because I have to be honest. I mean, I, I suspect that part of it is the fact that ultimately they're shoving that 6.2-liter V8 in it, and so that just kept a certain level of scale. I mean, while there will always be those people that will shove a V8 in a Miata or an FRS, right? right. that's really not what a manufacturer is going to set out to do. So I suspect, you obviously, you got to offer that big V8 in a muscle car. You have to. So if they're going to do that, I think that already kind of maintains a certain level of scale. And I am right there with you. I applaud them for weight loss. However, I have to be honest, 200 pounds does not seem like enough. No, it I really mean, doesn't. You know, the new, the new ND Miata, while we kind of sidestepped to Miatas, the new ND Miata is talking about losing 200 pounds. When your car only weighs 2,700 pounds, that's a lot. When your car right. weighs 30, 3,700 pounds, almost four grand, I, 200 pounds <laughs> is now just your passenger, okay? I mean, it, yeah. I, I wish... Took some books I out wish of wish this... Great. Exactly. I wish this Camaro and the current Mustang both, I wish, and, and both of them got a little lighter, but I really wish that they had gotten closer to, let's say, the lower 3,000s, the thirty-two, thirty-three hundred 3,300 range, which is kind of where the, like, the, the Corvette lives at, like, the 30... I'm getting it wrong, but, like, 3,300, 3,400 right, pounds. Right, somewhere in there. Which, for a vet, feels about as high as it should get. I'd love for that to be lower, but... This is how big cars are. And it's actually because of all the stuff we demand in our cars, both safety and technology. That's what makes these things weigh a lot. Mm -hmm. But that 200 pounds, I wish was 400 pounds. I know that sounds insane. But if that 3,700, 3,800-pound car was now 3,400 pounds, that to me feels like a sweet spot. I'm thrilled they went this way and yet still kept all of this technology, all of the look. This looks like a, a, a massive improvement in interior. Some of the tech... In this sounds great, like magnetic ride control on a Camaro. Oh, folks, yeah, yeah. that's great on anything you put it on. That'll be fantastic. And of course, this stuff weighs things. So the fact that you still lost 200 pounds, great, but I wish it was four.
1: I agree. Sincerely, that's great. And I, you know, for those of you listening, I also very much understand there's a lot of carryover tooling that is on this car. I mean, the, the base yeah. of the A pillar where all the electronics, the steering, HVAC, all that stuff. That's the most expensive place that a car has to be crash tested. There's a lot of unchanged parts on this car that, from a tooling perspective, would make it prohibitively expensive to make it smaller. But I, I still think car manufacturers, especially our American sports cars, need to shrink, and that's mm. been informed by my drives, you know, in Europe. And, and the second thing that strikes me here is. The thing that the Mustang is now touting more than any technology or lightweight or anything, and that is sales of the Mustang worldwide. Correct me if Mm -hmm. I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. but I haven't seen anywhere on Chevrolet's site, nor any press release, or anything I've read anywhere, talking about this new Camaro being sold overseas or in Europe specifically, just like the Mustang is. Because the Mustang is. is. uh, we don't know. I mean, the Mustang is now informed by those engine changes, so they sure. you know, dropped the EcoBoost engine in that, and therefore now they can compete in other markets they couldn't yet before that yeah. might prove yeah. to be quite lucrative. On the other side of the coin here is the Camaro. Now, is this going to be sold overseas? Is it going to be sold in England and the rest of Europe and other I markets? I suspect so. I suspect so. I, but, I hope so. But, you, but again, you're, you're it comes point, back though. to you're, smaller. If you're going to do that, you've got to shrink. You can't keep going down yeah. this
0: road. Interesting point. I mean, one thing that's funny is, you know, here on the Chevy side, it says the only carryover from the last generation are the Chevy bowtie emblem and the SS badge. Uh, okay, great. Maybe it is okay. all new, but 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 even if it is all new, I take your point, and that is why not go smaller. I mean, hopefully, look, somebody in marketing would probably say this: we're leaving space for something underneath the Camaro. Maybe you are, but maybe you aren't, and and it is this weird. I will acknowledge this. They're they're stuck. Chevy and Ford, even Dodge for that matter, are stuck in a weird place with these muscle cars because you have the old guard that wants muscle cars. And the old guard, by the way, can be people of any age. But you have the people that want a muscle car to be a big bruiser. And you have the kind of new guard, let's get a small, lighter sports car, let's get it compact, let's make it fit in all spaces all over the globe, that want that attitude but they want it to be more kind of bite-sized better and smaller more in the i, I sorry it's just an easy reference more in the FRS range mm-hmm. which isn't actually muscle car sized anymore by most people's expectation i think you're stuck between those two camps and that's a difficult place to be here but i also think it's interesting here's this Camaro with a with a four cylinder turbo in it but that for the Camaro is the base engine right right I- you and know, it, it's, it's that it's that mid grade guy for the Mustang, which is one of the reasons I'm excited about our EcoBoost discussion re- uh, coming up here soon. But it is the base engine here. The V6 is still the mid engine on the on the Camaro, and you know it's it's a less powerful V6. Pardon me, it's a less powerful four cylinder turbo than the one in the, in the Mustang. I think that's interesting as well. I mean, there is some some interesting mix and match in these two cars. Of course, the V8s are the ones to compare. You know, you get the five liter in the Mustang, six point two mm-hmm. here in the Camaro. And okay, it's it's sharper, it's angrier. I, look, I I have a feeling, it is only improved across the board. That's my instinct. Certainly, of course, but, we hope. But I I'm yeah. very curious. I'm very curious to drive it. I'm hoping that it feels a lot more nimble. But I will say, two pieces of tech that I'm very impressed by. Magnetic ride control on this car, that will be revolutionary because that is fantastic on any car they shove it into. Right, That will probably make this thing handle wonderfully and lighter than it is because that uh, tech is so good. And then they're talking about, I'm sorry, I'm not really a guy that's into this, but here it is, interesting. Anyway, a wireless charging station?
1: Right, this mat that's built in. It's right on the Chevy website here. It says the charging mat is incorporated behind the center console. Designed with a textured surface to keep your phone secure, so therefore we had to add magnetic ride control so the phone wouldn't slide off onto the passenger footwell. I hadn't thought of that.
0: They didn't put the magnetic ride control on. They didn't didn't put magnetic ride control on because they wanted the car to handle better. They wanted to keep it flatter so your (laughs) phone wouldn't fly and make a dent from the inside on the car. You're right. That's exactly what happened. Second,
1: they thought, oh, let's put a cool wireless charging mat in, like hotel rooms and all. You know, you can get these now for your personal use. You know what we're going to have to do (laughs) along with that, don't you? crap we got
0: to make the car flatter <laughs> that's, that's terrible well and then and then i the the random i want to call out the random marketing department for a minute and i want to call out both cars i want to call out the camaro and i want to call out the mustang for the camaro the random marketing department award goes to hey guys we went back to a three color badge it's a red white and blue badge again because that's a reason to buy the car and for the for the mustang folks it's look at all the cool turn signals we have People, they're turn signals, <laughs> which a lot of people aren't going to use. I don't care if they're sequential. I don't care if you embed them in the hood. It's a turn signal, for God's sakes, okay? These, these, these are these are like the interns in marketing, it feels like, trying to find a, yeah. find a niche. I don't care what color the badge is. I know it has history. I know it does. But honestly, folks, it's a three-color badge. <laughs> it's not even like it's unique colors, red, white, and blue on an American car. How obvious is that? And then you've got turn signals that, guess, guess what? Tell you which way I'm going. yes. <laughs> I just—I those are two things that baffle me about both these guys. That's
1: funny. The, the marketing brief reads like a slow news day. We were really reaching to try to find something to talk about here, but we did it. It's the badge. Hey guys, it's tricolor. We brought back a three-color badge. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Low news day in the marketing department. We brought back turn signals that
0: are sequential. Okay, uh, I'll I'll use them to turn. I, I I realize I may be alone in this, but I just I can't keep from laughing about those two things.
1: That's funny. I just I come back to the, you know, we're trying to shed weight from an already piggish car. It's too big. It seems like they're fighting against each other, and you gotta pick a direction because you can't mm, just mm. have this giant empty shell to make it lightweight. You've got to reduce size and proportion along with that and that means as you said the old guard accepting new changes in the direction for the camaro i i think it could go that way i think it would be really neat i like the step they're going i think we want it to go further honestly
0: i but you know what i i, I will take the defense of the other side for just a split second i think the problem here though is i think people are afraid of the mustang too. what do you, you mean? know you had the mustang afraid of had it. The, and I, I, I don't know that, I, that that it's that defined, but in my mind, that's I think kind of the unspoken fear. You've got the original Mustang, okay, the great you know, look at the '60s right. Mustang, etc. But then you had right. all of those new regulations hit in the '70s, and the Mustang 2 comes out, and everybody goes, "That's the Mustang? Are you kidding?" I mean, it's that you terrible econobox r- thing, repeating that you know?
1: mistake kind of thing.
0: Exactly. So yeah. I think I think when you have people that are muscle car fans, the idea of let's revolutionize this, let's go smaller. You just think Mustang too, and you think, oh, please don't. Mm-hmm. You know? So sure. Yeah. Th- you really are. A, it really is a weird thing. Uh, and, I, and I have no doubt that people with MBAs and lots of marketing background that I do not have have researched this car into oblivion and that look, I like the look of it. I am in love with the changes on the interior. Magnetic ride control is exciting. Cannot wait to drive this car. We just it's weird. I feel like all the journalists we know are kind of in this camp. The more cars you drive the more you want cars to be smaller. I don't know why that is, but it just seems to be a consistent thing.
1: It's some of the most rewarding drives that you and I have ever had are cars that are small yeah. and, and lightweight. Yeah, but, I agree. You know, they have to fit a need and speaking of need, we've got of to course. transition to our car debates, and sure? launching yeah, yeah. launching with uh, Aaron, who's in LA, and both you and I have spent quite a bit of time in LA, and oh, yes. uh, both used to live there, so we know the roads, we know the driving styles, and we kind of know what you need, uh, you know, or, or what you're looking for, you know, if you're looking for a specific mm-hmm. driving, you know, canyon roads, that kind of thing, and that's what Aaron says he's looking for here, um, you know, preferring having one car if it can handle the canyon runs and track day, but Aaron's also considered adding a second weekend vehicle that's leaning towards spirited driving. Now, here's this mm-hmm. interesting thing. Aaron currently owns a Volkswagen GTI. Mm-hmm. This is a car that you and I have recommended many times as the weekend fun car.
0: Well, but but the, the reason we've done that is is not just because of weekend fun car, but because, you know even though we've had it on a few comparisons that it has not won, the truth is the reason the GTI is so good is because it remains pretty much one of the best all-arounds made. It's the car that when you are just commuting, especially with that DSG, you're just commuting, you kind of forget that it's an athletic car. It's just a nice place to be. It's like a mini Grand Tourer when you're just commuting and stuff. But then when you want to hoon it around, it has it's surprisingly agile. Yet it's got space and decent materials and blah blah blah. It's the it's the king of all arounders. That's why we recommend the GTI. But he's in a place where he's like this GTI is not fun enough. So do I a. Jettison the GTI and spend about 40 grand, or B, keep the GTI, spend about 20 grand, and just get a weekend fun car. This is Aaron's dilemma.
1: Right. I, I'm glad you said that because follow my line of thinking here just for a minute. Just humor okay. me for just a second. The GTI. Not sure, why not? GTI is not a large car. This is the car no. that Aaron already uses for the commute, for doing a lot of things, mm-hmm. and it does it well. Mm-hmm. So then when, yeah. you, when you say, okay, I'm going to keep that car and apply weekend car thinking, what bubbles to the top of the list of fun canyon carving, auto crossing, you know, weekend? It doesn't need to be practical kind of car. It has to be small. Well, if he's already got a sure. GTI, then that means the weekend car has to be smaller. And lighter <laughs> and more nimble than a GTI. So therefore So we're not on recommending a reliant Robin. <laughs> so Reliant Sorry, Robin. I, I, Aaron, thanks for writing in. On with the debate. Yep. There's and, your answer. Uh, <laughs> reliant
0: Robin and Seed.
1: No, but you know what I'm saying? If if you've yeah. already got a GTI and you're thinking I want something more fun and weekendy and less practical, what do you have to do? You gotta go smaller and lighter. You gotta go So little. what's yeah, you're right. you smaller and lighter third than a GTI? That's my line
0: of thinking here. Okay. Okay. I like. Well, I actually kind of tackled this two ways. I looked okay. at it as okay, what if he, what if he dumps that car and gets something brand new? And he gave us a list, which is a good and that option. That list is it could yeah. Be. It, it, he's got you know Cayman. He's got the E90 series M3. He's wondering about the new Focus. Uh, rs aren't we all he's wondering about mm. the subaru wrx or possibly the sti and then he's going what else what else what else As his and i've got one actually for you there aaron as far as getting rid of the gti and then i also took his other tack which is okay nothing wrong with the gti does your great all rounder stuff let's embrace that let's look for just a fun car and I, and I agree the two i've got there are exactly what you're saying it's you got to go smaller and lighter it's so where not, are you
1: i mean you're not going to think oh we can fun car how about a mercedes e-class wait a minute no. You know
0: what you need is a 1980s Cadillac. <laughs>
1: um so okay, so you're saying um if the GTI goes, that means Aaron says yeah. uh, you could he could work with a $30 to $40,000 budget, which is significant, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. good money.
0: It's good. But Absolutely. if you,
1: you know, if keep the GTI, it's 20 grand or less. So do you have two cars that fit both of those categories in the budget?
0: I've got, well, I want to talk about a couple of his things he already listed if he keeps, if, if he if he gets rid of the GTI. I've got a couple of his that he's called out that I think are interesting and okay. one I want to add. And then I have two if he keeps the GTI.
1: All right. You've got good choices here. I'm very curious. Is I, I, I well, like some of these options here. I mean, Cayman's on the list. E90 m is sure. on the list. Yeah, yeah. as you said, the Focus RS, of course, a car we've not driven, so it's hard to say one way or the other there. Yeah, of course, hard to. uh, Well, here's
0: the thing about the RS. The RS and the STI, I'm going to call both those out real quickly and say that is going to feel not nearly as good as your DTI on anything but when you're pushing it hard. You're going to wish you had the GTI for all of your commuting. I think than the, either the RS or the STI. You're saying because and nicer I also, interior,
1: like nicer build quality, that kind of thing. Because
0: nicer situation for all of the LA traffic traffic okay. stuff. Yeah, I, I can mean, see that. And as and as you know, as you know, I will say manual transmission all day long, with the possible exception of LA traffic. Right. You're going to spend so much time right. sitting. That DSG is awesome in that kind of environment. And that's where the stick shift just gets... You You sit in a uh, 90-minute stop-and-go traffic commute in L.A., and I don't care what you're driving or how much you love a manual, you will hate yourself. You just will. So, you know, I I think that's the place where having an automatic, as much as it pains me to say that, does make some sense. And I had a sports car with an automatic in L.A. for exactly that reason. I'm not saying it's the greatest choice ever, but I see why it makes sense. So I think that the the RS or the STI are bad choices there, but... I would also say WRX over STI because of all of the, because it's a little bit less frantic. If you were gonna go one of the Subarus, I would go WRX. I do love his E90 series M3 idea for 40 grand. I think it maintains all of the great GT style of the GTI that he's got, but it's mm-hmm. gonna feel more special. It's gonna feel like a better, just hooning car when you wanna do it, more power, more agility. I don't think you can go wrong there. I think that's a great choice. But my wild card here is the C6 Corvette.
1: Really? For why not? Uh, Which for getting rid of the GTI and just having one car?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Now uh, okay. I, I, I'm going to break my own rule. I would still say you got to go manual there, and now you got manual in LA, which maybe how big's your commute? I, I don't know, man. You're going to debate that. I think but manual but might C6 equal Corvette. Rage.
1: In Possibly, who knows?
0: But C6 Corvette. I mean, it's it's surprisingly roomy. It's not a great interior. Let's acknowledge that. Surprisingly roomy. It is a fun, agile car. I mean, the C look. The C7 is revolutionary, but the C6 is in no way bad. I think that's a wild card. I think it's hmm. worth driving, though. I think the E90 M3 is the better answer for Aaron.
1: I think that's, I this agree is for the kick, yeah. kick the
0: GTI idea. That's if we're kicking the GTI out.
1: I agree with you. I like that E90 so much. I mean. You know, again, Aaron, it comes down to the size of your commute because it does have a very thirsty V eight in it. I
0: yes, brace yourself I, for I gas know this. costs.
1: I mean, yeah, you're in L A, so you know, just brace yourself. You're gonna be sitting in traffic, idling, and then. You know, it's yeah. going to be your only car, so just get used to thirsty V8-ville. You know, it's, it's going to and, happen. You know, and
0: while, while you can get that in a the manual, there's actually nothing wrong with that DCT either. I think oh, the DCT no, is a better that. transmission than the DSG in the in the GTI. So if you wind up with the DCT, trans, uh, well, DCT's transmission is repetitive. But anyway, if you wind up with the DCT, I think you would enjoy that. And that M button is your friend. I mean, that's the thing where, okay, I'm trundling along. I don't have the M button hit. And then, look, everything opened up and the the road got twisty M button and you're gone and you'd be laughing
1: right i mean that could be the answer because you get the um, the uh, dct transmission it's still good uh-huh. but you can deal with it in traffic and you're not going to go nuts yeah. that yeah. might be a good thing there
0: and ha- having having said that do you do you have anything else you want to add there or should i do the whole gti gets gets kept it keeps the gti Keep for the GTI, normal life, i'm and curious then to go see
1: smaller. i'm curious to hear what you've got because like i said i've i've kind of define the parameters there but then I think all right for 20 grand and smaller and more fun what is mm-hmm. it I kind of think I know what you're going to say but I'm curious
0: go Well I think there's two I think there's two and they're on opposite ends of the what is your pain threshold uh, question you know but they both <laughs> okay. are they both are lighter and I mean look Somebody out there is saying Miata. Yes, Miata is an option. Mm-hmm. But I don't that's not where I'm going here. I'm staying with focused hardtop sports cars and so there are two. One of course would be the FRS. You could get one for 18 or 19 grand. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be powerful in many cases. I will I will admit to you the GTI might actually feel more powerful, but if this is your weekend fun car which says to me LA Canyon roads, you will love that car in that environment and because it's going to be at 20 grand or 18 19 grand it's going to be like a year or two old it's going to be reliable it's going to just run it's going to check all the fun boxes of being not problematic etc but if you want to go the other end of the spectrum for less than 20 grand we just drove one Porsche 944 hmm hmm
1: that's really great idea i like that a lot actually huh
0: you could get one you could get one look look with 20 grand you could get a turbo you could also get the non-turbo which is you know it's now frs speed i mean the turbo was like uh i'm gonna get it wrong but the turbo was like high fives low sixes the non-turbo was like high sixes low seven so that's exactly frs kind of speeds it's obviously going to be older. It's obviously not going to be as reliable. It's obviously going to be more expensive when something goes wrong. But these cars aren't necessarily money pits, and you can get them for cheap. That's the key thing.
1: I like that you said that, and I, I'm really glad because just earlier today, you and I were discussing that you can get a really, really nice example. You can get a nice 944 for 15 16 somewhere in there yeah and if your budget's yeah. 20 that gives you a little bit of breathing room for any repairs that might come down the way but that i mean if you're getting a nice which will exist low which are, which mileage going example to already then yeah. you're yeah. kind of protecting yourself there it's a rare I mean, car that 20 grand. oh i like that
0: that twenty grand is going to get spent i mean i 'm going to be honest sure with you. you spend ten or twelve on that on that nine forty four the rest of that twenty grand is going to get spent, keeping that nine hundred forty four running like you want, or maybe originally getting it running like you want. I mean watch our our fast blast review that we just reviewed just released on that gives you kind of a, a toe in the water frame of reference on it, but it 's an interesting old school car I mean you could also say okay two forty z these kind of things, but I feel like a lot of those cars are already being mined for. You know, I want to put a an LS motor in this, and I want to take it to Lemons. Sure, I feel like right. those are becoming harder and harder to find in halfway decent shape, whereas these 944s aren't yet. They haven't been mined quite like that yet. You know,
1: I I'm fascinated by this because I've, as I mentioned to you earlier, I've been hearing some rumblings, most notably from uh, European, uh, you know, European people and friends that I've talked to over there about the 944 starting to rise, having some. Some uh, you know that kind of being the next car to uh, to go up in value. So you know maybe this turns into a not an investment vehicle you know where you just park it and store it, but maybe it does become that because twenty grand or less, and you pick up a really nice example and sell it for as much or more later on. Who knows? Well, now that's compelling. I
0: I can't imagine that happening, but. Hey, you know, if, if we, at everyday driver who have no business giving any financial advice, actually, certainly not wise investments <laughs> on cars, because who are we? But but if we happen to accidentally give you good investment advice, boy, aren't we going to laugh at ourselves? But anyway, but yeah, so that that was my kind ah. of wild card. There was you could go nine forty four and just cause if it's not your everyday car, if it's not the thing that has to always run perfect, but it needs to be fun. Hey, I you know that's an interesting thought.
1: I'm almost of the mindset to do that. Honestly, uh, keep the GTI and get yourself a really great 944 and go enjoy yourself because they're so fun to drive. I like that a lot.
0: Well, and it gets you – I mean, here's the thing. It gets you – and again, I, I'm going to say 240Z again because it's in that same category. But it gets you back into that world of more analog vehicles. And I mm-hmm. know this sounds weird, but there there has mm-hmm. been stuff lost. That's the crazy thing. And that and that 944, not for specifically that car, but that era now, OK? I don't want to just speak about Porsche in general. I want to speak about that era. The, the pillars are thinner. The visibility is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting nice. how when you get in those cars out of something brand new, you kind of go, this is different. Are they yeah. as safe? Of course not. Are they as reliable? Of course not. Do they have as much tech? Of course not. But if you're looking for analog driving experience, we have lost stuff, folks. And you get in one of those cars and you can tell. And I want to side note for a second. Somebody asked this week on that 944 piece. They said, "Hey Todd, talk about the 944 versus the 300ZX." Had you thought oh. about that? I hadn't even thought about it until no, somebody brought it up. I really haven't. Because they they are, you know, their peers as far as date range is concerned. I mean, I had one of those uh, yeah, Z thirty two three hundred ZX's. Of course, the you know the, the nine forty four started earlier. But what was interesting to me to ponder both, having driven that uh, that Z so much, is the nine forty four. You felt significantly. I don't know your feelings, but you felt significantly more upright in the seat, and the visibility was tons better.
1: Yeah. I mean, oh, I yeah. loved
0: my three hundred ZX, but the visibility in the nine forty four is spectacular. You know and that's uh, you can see also, it in the
1: camera angle in you know, in the fast blast with our new camera angle. You can see yeah, yeah. the one at the what rear what we're yeah. seeing and you could just it's crazy visibility in there yeah
0: it's very good it's very good and the other thing about it is that 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 300ZX feels lower and wider and I have to say it heavier than the 944
1: yeah yeah it it it's it's kind of like you pounded on the 944 a little bit with a meat tenderizer and it's squashed spread it, down, it out squashed it bit. down i mean I, yeah. and i
0: and i still have such a soft spot for that 300 zx that's such a do. fun car to drive i loved owning it but and but like you said i mean i was glad to move on to something else and continue to do so but but i i you know that that 944 feels significantly lighter than the z which i'd have to look up at the numbers but i think i think they're four 400 pounds or so off each other i think that 944 is running 27 2800 pounds and I know that Z's running about, especially in in non-turbos, running about thirty-two, thirty-three hundred. So I mean, there's a good four or five hundred pounds there. You can feel it.
1: That's funny, cause I was I was gonna go Miata, honestly, for this second choice. Sure. And I like yeah, the 944. I'm okay, kind of throwing it out a little bit. I mean, it's sort of the hey guys, you gotta mention the Miata sort of thing. But yeah. yeah I, yeah. I kind of like this 944 so much better because it is a unique car, and as well, you said, it doesn't have to run. I mean, you don't have to rely on it. I mean, hopefully it would be reliable mm-hmm. somewhat, but you don't sure. have to, you know, if it doesn't start and you need to get somewhere, well, got
0: the GTI, boom, gone. And you've got, and you've got the standbys. I mean, if you're going to uh-huh. say Miata, you got to say F2000. I mean, these guys are viable in this, in this range, but I just kind of wanted to throw that out. It's on my mind a lot because we just reviewed it, of course, but... Anyway, we should move on to Colin, because I feel like we've beat to death. Yeah, we kind of have. So yeah. Colin is only down in in San Diego, but he has a very interesting discussion here, because he wrote to us kind of confused. In fact, the title of his email, I don't even know if you saw this, the title of his email was, The Master Must Become the Student, which I was like, what is this email? I started reading it. <laughs> Colin Funny. is the guy for all of his friends that is like you and me. And that is, he's the guy that goes with all his friends and family to the car dealer and Looks up all the stats of the cars and talks to his family member and goes, you know what car you should get? And now he's getting rid of his company car, which has been a Chevy Cruze, which he said is the best economy car Chevy's ever made. But he's not sure that that's good news. But it's true. And the Chevy Cruze is great for that. It's been his company car for huge L A. Pardon me, San Diego to L A. Commutes. Now that is a brutal commute, folks. Yeah, it is. Look, he's uh, been doing that round trip,
1: sixty, hundred and eighty miles round yeah. trip. Oh man, that's just I,
0: and and knowing where you're driving, I you must have been leaving at three in the morning. That's just sounds oh my awful. Gosh. so. Yeah. But that but his his life is changing. His job situation is changing. So that car is going out, which means he can kind of get whatever. He's gonna have like mm-hmm. a five mile commute. He's got twenty five grand to spend, and he suddenly realizes. Guys, I have so many options, I can't narrow it down. Please, please help. And this is where we are with Colin.
1: This is a long list. And did you also notice on here when he wrote to us, he said he just bought a house, and obviously San Diego's not a cheap place to live. That's why he's got only a $25,000 budget. But he just sold a fantastic, he said a Cherry 2008 Mazda Speed 3, and I find that funny because you know, if we're recommending a car, that that car kind of crops up every once in a while as, "Hey, have you uh-huh. checked this out? It's fun oh, to yeah, drive." Yeah. But then he goes on to say, "Well, I've kind of done this torque steery, you know, rodeo clown kind of, you know, front wheel drive giant yeah, turbo the crazy front wheel drive guy." Yeah, and he's looking for something different. And I come back to the twenty-five thousand. I want to bump that up, but on the other hand. I just bought a house myself, and I understand the need for you know what a money pit they can become. So I want to respect that twenty-five thousand. <laughs> honestly, but I just
0: twenty-five grams not bad. No, it's not. not bad at all. It's honestly. not.
1: But look at this list. He's considered. Uh-huh. It's funny because he does the same thing you and I do. You'll be searching around. You'll send me a link to this. Like, oh, what about this? And then you know, two days later, you're like, you know what? Forget about that. This is the one that I want. He's doing the same thing from American, Asian, German. um, He's all over the map. All over the map. He's even got uh, the Cadillac ATS on the list. He's got some Porsches. Beamers,
0: Fords, the (coughs) Evo. I think this is funny. The Sabaru twins, they're all on on here. So Uh, there's a big twist in here. You know that? The big
1: twist is right after the list. And that's when he says, I don't need the four doors, but I've got to have back seats.
0: Mm-hmm. So the minute you throw in back seats, uh, uh, so many of the usual suspects are shot in the head. I mean, kind of went. You, check, you check, can't check, go. Con,
1: that's off. That's off. done. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So so many stuff. So much stuff that's just driver focused dies. I mean, one of the things I love about this is he's got no commute. And I was reading this for the longest time, going, the answer. If you can do twenty seven grand, you can do a Lotus <laughs> right. Elise. And then he and then he went and then he went need back seats. And I went, oh well, that dream is dead. That's out. So anyway, um, <laughs> but but the dream yeah, so is he's dead. Got, so, <laughs> so he's got an interesting list here i want to call out a, i don't want to go through the whole list because the list is lengthy thank you yeah. for that colin by the way but but i oh, gonna yeah, go through yeah, the yeah. ones that strike me and i want to add one that i'm surprised is not on here this is all 25 grand stuff he said uh what a, well, he said fiesta st and i want to say real quick look we love that car but uh you're coming out of the speed three it's not it's not does not have the speed three's torque steer problem But yeah, let's get you out of that front-wheel drive world into a different dynamic. There's nothing wrong with the Fiesta ST if you want fun. It definitely is fun, and it's also cheap. You could get a new one for your money, a new loaded one for your money. But I'm going to say no to that just because I want to get you into a different drivetrain feel. You called out the Evo. You know what, man? If that's not a car you have to commute a long distance in, and you can have fun in it, I would say look at an Evo very seriously. Mm -hmm. Now, expect to maintain that car. They are so high-strung that maintenance intervals on that car are like 5,000 miles. I mean, just brace yourself. But if you're not driving it much, and you're driving it mainly for fun, I think the Evo should be considered. I'm glad you have that on your list. And then, of course, we have to say, an elephant in the room, FRS BRZ, those are viable options here as well. I feel like we talk about them all the time, but they can't be ignored here. There's a couple others on here that I'm intrigued by. But what's, what's striking you, man?
1: The thing that stuck out is his mention of leasing. And I thought, oh, that was my idea, because <laughs> what he said was the um, the commute is going away, yeah, which is great. So he commutes, but they're taking away the company car, and he's got a new position in San Diego that reduces the commute to five miles round trip. When I yep. saw that, that changed my world, and I thought, you know what? Oh, he totally. could be the perfect candidate for leasing and getting into something mm-hmm. new, so don't drop – Twenty-five thousand in one chunk, and you know you're kind of out that money. Interesting it's something. Thought. Interesting. It's something thought. I've even considered myself because you know you got to put yeah. down payment and you know this and that, and uh, you know it just kind of adds up really quickly. And so he he had that two series on the list. And I went to the BMW museum, and they're all about the two series. And I <laughs> I gotta come back to this car because I remember tracking it. I'm I'm just I'm all about it because it's so versatile. It's the BMW feel we know mm-hmm. and love. Mm-hmm. It really responded on the track. It can do lots of stuff. But the biggest thing is, yeah. if you lease a car, you don't want to have a commute. You don't want to you know, run up your miles, even though I've always kind of waffled True. back and forth. I've always thought, well, I never want to not be able to go see my friends or live my life because I'm going to add miles to my car. I I don't want to be limited by that. But if it's only five yeah. miles, that's yeah, if it. Yeah, but it's a five
0: mile round trip, that's He's not going to rack nothing. it up that fast anymore. Yeah, I agree with you. That's, That's a great point. It really it really opens up the world. That's a very interesting point.
1: I just I feel like that two series is really viable because it does so many things. He's had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all these different cars as you mentioned, but coming back to just classic proportions, front engine, rear wheel drive. Mm-hmm. It's away from what he did with the Monster Speed
0: Three. It's yeah, it's the other end of the spectrum. Yep. Yeah, other But it's end. great rear-wheel drive. Yeah, I see that. It's, I see it's that. still that got the good, back seat. That's a good lease option. It's not
1: the yeah. hair-on-fire yeah. M3. It just is kind of bubbling up to the top for me as one of the top choices,
0: honestly. I, mm-hmm. And lease Well, he it, mentions the yeah, – yeah, you're right. Well, the great thing it? about a lease – 329 bucks a
1: month right here on the website. I'm looking at BMW's website right now. Yeah. Two-series coupe, lease for 329 a month. I'm sure that's the base 228i, but whatever.
0: Sure. Well, I don't want to run the rabbit trail down to whether or not leasing is a good idea. It really depends so much on your personal situation. Of course. But the nice thing about this, the lease idea for you, honestly, Colin, is the fact that you do have, I hate to say it this way, but it's like a disposable car now. It's like your cell phone. You upgrade that every two years. In two years, you could move on to something else if you're willing to keep having that car payment. That's the big question about a lease. But if you're open to that... It is an interesting thought. I hadn't thought about that. I, I see why you're following that rabbit trail. I want to mention two mm-hmm. others on his list. I mean, look, he mentioned even the BMW 135 on his list up here, which, of course, would be the, That'd you know, let's fun. buy the 2 Series, the sure. older version. And a good engine in that. I'm not really that fond of the proportions and the styling. That is a car that feels like, you know, the gangly little brother to that Generation m 3 It feels <laughs> right. a little bit tall in its ride height. It has a little bit more roll than I'd like. But you can't go wrong with that 135. That is fun. He mentions two 911s, the 996 generation, which is your late 90s, early 2000s generation, and the 997, which is 05 to I'm going to get it wrong, 2011, 2012.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, like but
0: the 997. Watch our 50 years of 911. There's that plug there. But but the 997 is the more is the far superior car, I think, than the 996. But for 25 grand, it's really not going to happen. The 996 because that's the unloved kind of stepchild of the 911 lineup you can find all kinds of options for 25 grand if you can deal with the kind of the oddest interior and the oddest headlights of the 911 lineup that is a great sports car i don't know that it's a great 911 but it is a great sports car you yeah. could consider the yeah. 996 however i think there is a very conspicuously absent car off this list okay. something that i went why isn't it on here okay 25 grand you don't have a huge commute Where's the E46 M3? Hmm. I mean, mm, look, this mm, is. For grand, you could going, definitely do that. Absolutely, what? you get a great one. You could get a great one. Get a get a stick shift. This is everything that's great about BMW is in that car. Okay, you've got that great inline six, which you will be in love with. The steering on that car is just about perfection in a uh, hydraulic. Uh, assisted steering you, you will love the steering in that car classic proportions i actually think it's one of the best looking m3s ever if not mm, the best looking mm, m3 yeah it's just a car with great just kind of timeless presence about it 25 grand you could find that car and i think it's a great mix of classy and dedicated classic sports car personally my feeling is e46 m3 Hmm.
1: we both landed on bmws how funny is that yeah, like but
0: the BMW's from different eras. I mean the For two, different ser- the two and different series reasons. where you landed. The two series where you landed, that is a, a fantastic and we've talked about it before. That is kind of the the secret enthusiast hotspot in the BMW lineup right now. And of course, look, we've got a M two three five uh review coming up soon. We're looking forward to shooting that very soon. Yeah. Obviously yeah. you could go hotter, but not at your budget. So you're talking about the two twenty-eight, which we tracked and was good. That is the new BMW, and then of course the E forty six is the older BMW, but There's something special about the E46. If it's talking about car owning experiences, if you're up for it, I say do it.
1: Those are two great choices, Colin. And I think what it comes down for you now is how you're going to allocate funds. Honestly, if you've got Mm -hmm. 25 grand laying around, I really love the idea of that E46. We both love that car. But if funds are a little bit tighter, and you can't, you know, just swallow a, a larger down payment or, you know something right up front, leasing might be for Mm -hmm. you because of your community, you're you're the perfect candidate. And I love that you've given us so information so everybody else take note of what Colin's done here because he's given (laughs) us enough information to work with. So yeah, Yeah. I I think we've landed on a couple good options and uh, I I think those are great. yeah, as you said, we've got the BMW 235 coming up, but in the meantime, we've started weekly, re- weekly content with our Fast Blast yes, reviews intermixed with our regularly scheduled programming. But I want to mention mm-hmm. before we sign off here, and that is... Ad blockers, Because we've gone to weekly content, will you please help us out and turn off those ad blockers so we can boost the revenue even more? And that's going right back Mm -hmm. into filming more content and bringing more content to you. So weekly cars, that's going to help us do that. So along with our weekly content, ad blockers, could you help turn those off? That would be fantastic. I know it's a hassle sometimes, but it really does matter and it really does make a difference for us. So really appreciate it.
0: If you're looking for us anywhere, guess what? We are Everyday Driver, slash Everyday Driver is probably where you're going to find us, unless, here's the only exception to the rule, it's like the English language, is always an exception to the rule, <laughs> the only exception is our Gmail address, is not just Everyday Driver, that is everyday driver TV at Gmail, don't forget the TV for our email address only, otherwise it is slash everyday driver on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Patreon, if you'd like to help us out to go to more cities for Fast Blasts, that is where that Patreon money is going to go, that and editorial help, so let's be honest, weekly content Content does not crush me into oblivion so uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there are just simply not enough editorial hours in the day so anyway that's where that goes if you would like to help us on that trust us that goes right back into more content for you we are so excited about this weekly content The num- we were talking about it just like two hours ago the number of cool cars we already have lined up on these fast blasts are <laughs> yeah. awesome that's gonna be all kind of older enthusiast icon stuff while we do Every month, we're still doing the two car comparison or three, four car comparison in a great location. Our big piece once a month, once a month with our uh, Fast Blast in the middle. Huge stuff coming. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I agree. I'm, I was just getting excited looking at that list and just the possibilities for what we can do oh, yeah. and where we can place all yeah, these yeah, different yeah. cars. So, yeah, write to us with your suggestions on our Facebook page for Fast Blast the everyday driver tv gmail for the car debate if you have your own write into us Mm -hmm. really appreciate you listening and watching youtube videos thanks so much for your support and remember ad blockers off appreciate it a lot thanks for listening